Welcome to Sports Spectrum, the sports and faith podcast that brings Jesus back into the conversation. Here's your host, Jason Romano. Welcome, everyone, to the Sports Spectrum podcast. I am Jason Romano. Thank you so much for tuning in and checking out our podcast. Available everywhere podcasts are found. iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, everywhere podcasts are found. Thanks for joining us here on the program. Today on the show... Our guest is Jaime Garcia. We talked to the Mexican-born Major League Baseball pitcher who on Wednesday, January 9th, 2019, the news started trickling out that Jaime was planning to retire from Major League Baseball after making his debut in 2008 and last pitching in the majors last season, 2018. Jaime was drafted by the St. Louis Cardinals in the 22nd round of the 2005 amateur draft and then made his Major League Baseball debut with St. Louis July 11th, 2008. He missed the 2009 season because of injury and then came back and played seven seasons with the Cardinals from 2010 to 2016, most notably 2011 when Jaime was a part of that great Cardinals team that won a World Series championship. Jaime actually started Game 2 of that series, becoming just the second Mexican-born pitcher ever to start a World Series game, the first was Fernando Valenzuela in 1981. In 2017, after his stint with the Cardinals ended, Jaime actually started for three different teams over a 15-day span. The only pitcher ever to do that with the Braves, the Twins, and the Yankees. In 2018, he finished up his career with the Blue Jays and the Cubs. So retirement, that's what we're going to talk about with Jaime Garcia, and you're going to hear his pretty awesome testimony of faith in Christ as well. Let's get to our interview with Major League Baseball pitcher, former Major League Baseball pitcher, Jaime Garcia, here on the Sports Spectrum Podcast. Welcome, Jaime. Hey, Jason. Thank you very much, man. Thank you for having me. Yeah, it's good to talk to you, Jaime. And uh, retirement. So you make that announcement, and it's time to retire. You're 32 years old. Why was right now the right time to make that decision? I know, I know. It sounds it sounds uh, weird me saying that word. Like now that I'm talking to friends and family about it, uh, it's it's a little it's a little weird saying it. But but I'm 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 you know I couldn't have asked for for a better career, better just things that have happened in my life over this last 13 years. Um, and, and I've been ready for it. I think my my heart has been ready for it. I think just the Lord put it in my heart to play to play a few more years and try to get as as much as I could out of my arm and my body and 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 he did he provided for me and then just got to a point where you know I knew this was this was it and 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 you know that's how it all began was there a moment a specific moment I know you played some winter ball in Mexico uh, certainly finishing out your career in the majors this past season in Toronto and then Chicago was there a moment when you said yep I'm done that's it yeah, uh, to be honest with you, there were there were a few moments. You know, as, as people know that have followed my career, I've, I've had a lot of a lot of issues with injuries. So I've had three major surgeries over the course of my career, uh, uh, major major surgeries, and and I've also had other a lot of other injuries that I kind of kept to myself. Uh, and so I've struggled. I've battled a lot with the physical pain and mental pain. Uh, you know, one one thing would trigger the other one more, some anxiety, some stuff like that. So I battled with all that, and it has been a grind for me this 13 years. 
Mm. Every single year has been a grind. There's been something new, something different. Uh, and, and my last surgery was in 2004, thoracic outlet syndrome. Uh, for the people that don't know that, it's where I actually go in and remove your first rib. They took the two scaling muscles from my neck and they did a pick minor release. So it's a lot of stuff. It's very complicated surgery and um, uh, recovering from that surgery was very complicated. But that's when I feel like that's when my faith kind of took a different direction. I, I grew a lot from it. I kind of just continued to humble myself to the Lord and, and he just continued to provide. And that's kind of when I when I started walking by faith a little bit more. And, and you know, I, I went out and, and had a really good year the following year. So uh, what I was saying is that when I had that surgery, I, I went through a tough time with dealing with, you know, some people disagreeing with me doing the surgery mm. and thinking that that was going to end my career. So I, that was the first time that I said, you know what, I, I think this, the near could be, uh, the, the, the end could be near, could be close. I, I don't know when, but, you know, uh, it just, just the injuries continue to happen. But then I took a little uh, uh, second, second fresh air or breath there where I actually pitched really good in 15 and, and, and things were really good even though I had multiple injuries that came up in that year. Like I tore a ligament in my finger in my first outing coming back mm. surgery that nobody even knew about. And I pissed through it and, and then I tore my, my groin and then my shoulder was really bad at the end. And then I got sick. So it was just one thing after another. But I, I, at that point, after I made it through that year and see what God did, where I had really tough games and really tough injuries that he still provided for me. And I just kind of kept going forward and, and, and kept pushing and never gave up. Uh, that made me go, OK, you know what? There, there's still more left and, and I'm going to give everything I got to God. I'm going to mm -hmm. give everything I got to, to the Lord. And whatever happens, he gets the honor. He gets the glory. And that's how the last two years pretty much have gone by. I mean, three years. It's just just grinding and keep and kept going. And obviously, my perspective on things completely changed. My my identity in Christ, my purpose and my mission of why I'm doing the things that I'm doing completely changed. That it allowed me to still play with you know with pains and injuries and 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 uh, tough times. But I I had a different foundation. Now I was I was found it in, in, in rock and, and it kind of allowed me to just keep going. But then, um, you know, I just, over the last couple of years, I've continued to grow a lot in, in, in other areas, obviously spiritually, mentally, um, that, that I really have a passion to serve people mm. and to make an impact in people's lives, to be a blessing to people, uh, everybody that I come in contact and, and try to leave them better than I have. And I found him for people to see Jesus in me and, and I realized over the last couple of years that whenever I would get closer to that dream or that passion and that what God's put in my heart that I'm really passionate about and I'm really called to do, uh, the farther I would get away from baseball. What I mean with that is that that as, as people that are close to me know that I'm an extremely dedicated person, disciplined person. And with my injury history, baseball requires 100% of my time. So I really don't have a life. I don't have hobbies. I don't have, you know, I'm still single. And, and I'm just my, all, all my time is dedicated 100% to this game and to recovery and doing injections and treatments and, and, and 
seeing doctors and chiropractors and mental, I mean, you name it, mechanics and weighted ball stuff. I've done so much stuff. Mm. So I, I noticed that whenever I was doing those things, I was not doing things for the kingdom. I was not spending time on, on serving people really from the heart and making an impact on people and really being there and things that I love doing. And and I, I would notice that if I try to do those things more, my career would take a hit. My, my arm just wouldn't, I wouldn't be able to prepare the same way that I would want to. And and then I just came to a conclusion to where, okay, my identity is not in baseball. This is just what God, you know, he gave me this heart. He gave me this relentless mentality of not giving up and just get the most I can out of my body. So I'm going to get the most I can. Uh, but my identity is not in baseball. My identity is in, in Christ, 100%. It's in serving him, serving people. And, you know, I got to a point where this last year I, I got my 10 years. I didn't even know how. It's crazy. <laughs> but yeah, I would say I would say over the last two years, I've had little, little, little moments that would come up, and I would say, okay, I think this is it. But I would just continue to pray about it. You know, I've I've grown so much over the last two three years spiritually that that I I would just leave it on, on the Lord's hands, and and if a door He would open a door, I would just kind of follow Him and say, okay, you got me here, you got me to this point. I'll just I'll go wherever you want me to go, and He would open doors, close doors until this year when when. When the starting pitcher thing with the Blue Jays kind of just didn't happen, my arm just just doesn't work. I mean, didn't work last year. I would try to go past certain pitches or certain innings, and and it just wouldn't wouldn't work. Hmm. Simple as that. Like if there was no a pain thing. It was just a nervy thing, and and things would just come floppy and and no feel, no. I couldn't repeat my delivery. There was everything was just not working past certain pitches. So I came to the conclusion, I said, okay, I can't do this to myself and the team. And I told the team what was going on. Uh, and we made the decision to go to the bullpen. And then I went to the bullpen and, and it worked really good for a few days. But then once you start throwing every other day, it's the same thing. Yeah. And things just kind of go and, and um, you know, we'd be okay one day. And then the next day is not okay. And I'm, maybe I could pitch okay some days, but I would feel really bad physically. And I'm like, this is really not it. But then I, I made the commitment with the Cubs to say, okay, I'm going to finish whatever I started with them this month. And, and I did. So whenever I ended the year, I, I during this whole process of, of going to making the transition to the bullpen, I, uh, I was growing and growing more spiritually and I was making disciples and making an impact on people's lives. And I was doing what I was passionate about. So I don't regret that. But at the same time, I feel like, okay, I feel like God's answering my prayers. You know, I'm, I'm praying to him, like, where you want me to go? You want me to play? You want me to pursue this bullpen thing? You want me to try to, you know, do whatever? Or, or, or I'll go wherever you want me to go. And the more that I would just think to just wouldn't work with my arm and, and, and pitching, and I would just have a passion somewhere else. I want to go to college. I want to write a book, other stuff. I said, okay, this is it. You know, I talked to my family. I talked to my the people that are really close to myself and and the people that really know my, my, my background and the things that I've gone through, they're all supporting me and say, you know, this is it. And then the decision to, to come to winter ball was, was more for, you know, to make an impact in, in communities and give back to my country and give back to my, uh, to, to where it all began. Cause this is where I actually made my professional debut 14 years ago. That's right. And, and they're always, they've always, you know, I've always had a platform here that I, because of the injuries, I have not been able to use. I have not been able to pitch in a World Baseball Classic with Mexico. I have not been able to pitch back in my country for the last 13 years because of the injuries. And I tried to do it. I, I wanted it. And I always made the commitment to the people here that I was going to pitch 
again before I retired. So I said, you know what? My arm doesn't want to do this thing anymore. I really don't need the job. I really don't need to go and, and try to pitch well so I can get a job for this win- for the spring. But I feel like God's calling me to do that. Mm. You know, I feel like a lot of people in this in my country have a completely different perspective of a guy like myself that has had the success that I've had. That I just wanted to come here and 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 just be here for people, like loving people and care. And I had opportunities to do great ministry work and 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 do some great stuff that we're going to be doing with one mission in a, a small town about thirty minutes from here, building some homes and serving and and making an impact. And I, I, you know, and that's that's the main reason why I came here. I sacrificed my Christmas away from home. I sacrificed my New Year's. I sacrificed everything. I started a few games, and uh, I, I didn't really want to do it out of the comfort zone. But once again, like I've done every single year of my career, I got out of my comfort zone for the Lord, and and I hope that my time down here was was impactful for for some people. But Sorry, I went a little longer than what you asked, but that's kind of where it was just a process. I don't think there was a moment specifically where I said, okay, I'm done. Yeah. But it was just a process that I was battling, obviously, with prayer. Prayer was was the battle. That's where I was going to battle with the Lord. And, and he just continued to open doors, close doors, and maneuver me and change me and, and guided me until I got to a point where it was clear in front of me. And I said, this is it. Jaime Garcia is our guest here on the Sports Spectrum Podcast. Jaime, share with us your testimony. You alluded to it a little bit, coming to faith in Christ and how baseball was an idol, you know, and then it wasn't. It was uh, not your identity anymore. It was Christ that became your identity. So to share with us the the Cliff Notes version of how you came to Christ and and that time that you began your walk with the Lord. Yeah. Yeah, it's been been a journey, man. It's been a journey for me. uh, So I grew up... uh, Born and raised in Mexico, small town in uh, uh, Reynosa, Mexico, a border town. Uh, I grew up in a Catholic church, a Catholic home, but we really never went to church. We never really talked about God. We never prayed. We never went. There was no, no, nothing uh, of faith in my house. Um, and, and I was a kid that uh, I had a lot of issues as a kid with number one. Um, uh, attention deficit, ADD issues at school. It yeah. was really hard for me to concentrate. I had a lot of issues with anxiety, insecurities, fears. As a really young kid, um, you know, I love my dad to death. I mean, he's he's my one of my best friends now, but he was really tough on me when I was a kid. So that kind of uh, caused a lot of acceptance issues, a lot of performance based life. Um, Baseball was like that for me. That's why baseball was never really enjoyable. Um, so I had a lot of issues with that growing up. A lot of, you know, I was trying to, I have to do things to feel accepted. I had to do something to feel approved and feel loved. And, and even then, when I had good games, it was never enough. Uh, so that, that, was, that was really difficult for me growing up. It, it made me not enjoy the game when I was a kid, like other kids should do. Um, so it became like a, like a job it became like a something that i was trying to do for the wrong reasons just to feel accepted and then uh the injuries in my arm my people don't even know this but the injuries started actually when i was 12 years old mm. so I, I started pitching when i was nine years old it's crazy i started pitching on like eight years old and i had my first i remember i was i was wearing an arm brace on my elbow when i was 12 years old 
my elbow was not feeling great. And then when I was 13 years old, after pitching a complete game and breaking balls, I was throwing curveballs when I was like nine or 10. Where you, no, no kid should be doing that. Yeah. So I remember I had a game where I, I was striking everybody out and I was throwing breaking balls in the dirt. I was 13 and I hurt my shoulder, like an injury, 13 years old, where I couldn't throw a baseball for like two months. So that was another thing that triggered more anxiety. And I was like, I felt like I needed baseball. Like that was the only thing that I had. That was the only place where I kind of felt when I pitch and I pitch well, that's the only place where I felt any kind of love or acceptance by anybody. In my mind, that's how I felt. So then I had my first major injury in my elbow when I was, when I moved to the States to high school as a freshman, I was 15 years old. And I, I had a bad injury in my elbow where they wanted to operate my elbow. And I said, no chance. Like, I'm not doing an injury, a surgery for my elbow at 15. Mm-hmm. So I just continued to pitch with pain. And I kind of was building some sweat equity and pain equity and kept going. But pretty much stopping or, give, or, or giving up was not an option. And, and it was I was operating out of the fear zone, like I like to call it. But that fear zone was still creating a lot of discipline. And God was still maneuvering me through situations. So... This was when I was a freshman in high school. I had a lot of issues in high school, too, where I wasn't able to play my senior year. So on my junior year, they told me two weeks before the season ended that I wasn't going to be eligible. That's another story, completely separate. But that, that kind of hurt me that I wasn't playing on my senior year on the varsity team. And I was trying to finish high school, just going to school, not playing baseball, not practicing. So a couple weeks before the draft, I tore my ligament in my elbow. And... I didn't tell anybody, man. I, I I didn't even tell my dad at first. I, wow. I could feel it because I threw. I was throwing a bullpen or a live EP for an agent that wanted to sign me to help me to get drafted. And on the very in the second, the last pitch, I threw a pitch and I blew out my arm. Like I blew it out. I felt a huge pop on my elbow. My elbow had been bothering me. I needed some bone spurs removed, a nerve removed. But I was just pitching through it, and then I tore it, and and automatically my arm just swollen up. And the next pitch went like 13, 14 miles below what I just, it was the pitch before. So I knew I did something really bad, but I didn't tell anybody because I said, I can't tell people. I can't just not pitch anymore because then my life is over. Then I just, I'm nobody. So I kind of, I, I, uh, it was a really difficult time. It was two weeks before the draft in 2005. I received a phone call by Joel Amoraz, who's a guy that stood by me and believed in me and he called me and asked me hey man i'm working for the cardinals i'm, I'm looking to, to get you drafted are you healthy are you okay are you and i pretty much lied i, I lied because i said mm. yeah i'm, I'm healthy because i needed this man I, I was just suffering so much and i, I need something i need to get picked up because otherwise I, I don't know what i'm gonna do my life's not worth it so that that was that's where the kind of the whole process how it began. I, I was struggling a lot. Those anxiety issues, those panic attacks, which is creeping up big time. And and I pretty much lied. I went uh, with the Cardinals. They saw me throwing a bullpen. I was throwing 80, 70 miles, 79, 80 miles per hour, where it was like 10 miles below. I, at this point, I already thrown 90. So they saw that and they didn't like what they saw. They didn't know I was host injured. I was out of shape. I was struggling, depressed, all those things. And they they decided to pick me up, man. They decided to stick with me, stick with me. And after they signed me, I, I told them the truth. And I said, hey, guys, this is what's going on. This is what happened to my elbow. If you want to release me, if you want to let me go, I get it. You, they, they didn't commit any money to me. They signed me for nothing out of high school. 
And I said, this is where I got. I, I had to tell him the truth. I was struggling, and, and I knew that if I didn't tell him the truth, they were going to find out anyways because my elbow was killing me. Yeah. So I, I told them what was going on. They stu- they stuck with me, and they, they believed in me. The little they, they saw, they said, okay, we'll rehab you for a month, and then good. If, if it works out good, if not, we'll release you, and you, you're gone. It doesn't really hurt us. But then that was a that was a uh uh that was a um a tricky moment for me man that was that was i feel like that's where where god started um presenting himself to in my life right. um that that's kind of where i got into a, a a humble just humility place of humility in myself to the lord and and just getting down on my knees man and crying and and really suffering a lot on the inside and saying lord like you know how much I'm suffering right now. You know how much, uh, how much pain I am right now. Only you know that. And I need you. I need you, Lord. I, I don't know if there's something out there that's hearing me right now. I don't know if, if there's somebody that that cares for me. But I've heard about you, God. I've heard about Jesus Christ dying on the cross. And if there's something I need, I need something. And I was crying, and 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 I just felt terrible on the inside, man. And it was I was keeping all these things to myself because I couldn't I wouldn't talk to my family I wouldn't talk to anybody about it. A lot of insecurities, a lot of fears. Mm. But I feel like that's where kind of God has started like do some stuff in my life. Uh, to to kind of fast forward a little bit, this happened in 2005. I rehabbed for a month. I went to Instructs. I started pitching, and in 2005 in June, by December I was throwing in in. And uh, winter ball and uh, instructs in Dominican, they sent me, the Cardinals sent me the instructional league over there. And I was throwing harder than I've ever did in my life. I was throwing 92, 93 miles per hour where I never, before even the injury, I was never throwing this hard. So I just started like praying and I started my work ethic kind of went through a whole new level. Like I was already committed to it, disciplined, but I was so disciplined and committed. And I started kind of feeling something in my heart. So that's kind of where the journey began, but I wouldn't say I accepted Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior right there, but it was the seed or something was planted there. I felt like there was something else. There was hope. And then, you know, I believe that things happen for a reason. And and, and my my journey was meant to happen the way it did because I got to the big leagues in two and a half years after being a 30-round pick out of high school, after being a nobody, after throwing 80 miles per hour. I didn't even have Tommy John surgery where I needed it right when I tore it in 2005. I got to the big leagues in 2008 with a really bad elbow, but only the, the Lord made it happen. He allowed me to get there. Uh, I had surgery once I got there, and then I had the, the for the guys that know the, the St. Louis Cardinals back then and still now, it's like the best place to play if you're a Christian or if you're trying to grow spiritually, man. That was like going to church, going to the ballpark every day for me. Oh, yeah. So, so I got there and, and I saw some stuff that I'd never seen before in my life. I saw some 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 uh, fellowships, some people receiving me and treating me and bringing me in, and I saw some families and I saw some kids and I saw some some just some some men of God like being different. I saw something different, and they they kind of brought me in and they invited me to their homes and they invited me to chapels and Bible studies and. And that's kind of where it all began. It all began to where I was still operating out of the fear zone. I was still doing things out of acceptance and fear. But the things, you know, God was maneuvering me and putting people in my life and taking people away. And, and I would 
you know, and in 2011 is when I made a commitment to the Lord. I first, I came for the first time to PAO yeah. and then I kind of went back and, and I was doing things at a, at a fear still. And I couldn't really, I wouldn't be really get over a lot of my issues, a lot of my insecurities and she was trying to please people. And I had a, you know, something that I battled for many years, but, but he put people in my lives that guys like Adam Wainwright, like Matt Holiday, they were there for me, uh, Lance Bergman. You know, guys like Albert Pujols, they're strong believers that are not only Hall of Fame caliber guys on the field, but also off the field. And, and, and they're like brothers for me now. They're people that I looked up to a lot and I, I learned a lot from. So I, I, I believe that the Lord kind of, you know, had it all planned out and, and made it all happen for me to be at that point at that place. And and that's kind of where it all began. And then the next few years, the, the injuries continued. I had shoulder surgery, more injuries and just injury after another one, but then I started finding a different meaning for my life and a different uh, understanding and, and feeling more accepted and love. Uh, but yeah, it, it has been a journey. It has been a lot of stuff, and there's still even more things out there in my in my uh, testimony that, that a lot of people don't even know about. But but yeah, it has it has been a, a long journey. A couple more questions here with Jaime Garcia on the Sports Spectrum podcast. We'd be remiss not to mention the 2011. Cardinals team on the field you mentioned the impact that those guys had on your life off the field certainly with your faith in the Lord but you became just the second Mexican-born player and pitcher I should say ever to start in a World Series in that 2011 season you end up winning that World Series one of the craziest World Series I think I've ever seen in terms of finishes beating Texas in seven games what memories come back to you about that team not just in in terms of the impact obviously that you just described in your faith, but even just the camaraderie of coming together and being a part of such a, a wonderful team to win it all, but even such a pressure-packed series like that 2011 World Series was. Yeah, yeah, that was that was another um, uh, year of, of a lot of grew a lot of my faith as well. Uh, like I was saying, obviously for the impact that those guys were having me having on my life. Uh, but also spiritual where I was going through some stuff already with my shoulder. Mm-hmm. And and I ended up having a really good year, and I ended up being in the rotation. I ended up pitching in the playoffs and then uh, making those play, uh, World Series starts, like you said. Um, that was pretty special for me. You said you mentioned about Fernando Valenzuela, who's, who's my idol growing up, obviously growing up in Mexico. Yeah. He's the greatest Mexican pitcher or player that ever lived, that ever played in the big leagues. So he was a huge inspiration for me. I got to meet him when I was when I was um, playing, and, and he he was he, he meant a lot for me. So for me to 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 go up there and, and, and represent not only uh, my family, myself, my town, but also my country in a way like that, it was pretty pretty meaningful, pretty impactful, pretty special for me. Um, and, and and like I said before, I'm, I was born and raised in Mexico. Uh, I'm proud of it. I'm 100% Mexican. My whole family is from Mexico. So I always try to give back to my country a lot. So that was for sure very special for me. And then as far as the, the team that we had that year, uh, I had been in a lot of teams. There, there's been a lot of fun to play for, uh, to, to go to the clubhouse and to go and, and, and um, get to see those guys every day. But that was that was that was special, man. That's something that I look back on on eight years ago, seven years ago, and and it's and just to see that that doesn't happen. It doesn't happen at every team. It doesn't happen every year. But I think I think what what it all began is going back to the those names that I named 
um, uh, they were keeping the, the everybody together in that clubhouse. So we really had a good team in 2010. But then you bring a guy like Lance Berkman, who's one of the funniest guys you've ever met. You've ever met. <laughs> oh yeah. And and he's a solid believer. He's a guy that I really uh, admire and I respect a lot. I have a lot of admiration not only for what he did on the field, but the type of person that he is in the clubhouse. The type of person that he is to keep things loose and, and just the heart that he has for people, man. He has a huge heart. He's just he'll treat you the same way regardless whether you're a Hall of Famer or you're not or you're a young guy. So I really have a really special place in my heart for him and his family because of the way he, he treated me, but also the way he received everybody, the way he kept everybody loose, everybody laughing in a good way. And I think that helped a lot in the clubhouse because we already had you know Matt Holiday, we had Wainwright, we had Pujols. But, but then you bring in a guy like him with the talent that he had on the field and then what he does in the clubhouse just brings everybody even more together. So there was something special about that team that that you can see that um, you can see it on the field, but what's going on in the clubhouse with those those uh, those big name guys that a lot of the young guys like myself, like David Fries, like you know John Jay, Descalos, all those guys, they're trying to follow their footsteps and they're trying to you know do things that were professional, discipline, and, and trying to follow kind of the things that we needed to do. And I 100% believe that that's the reason why why we won that year you know that we had everything going against us and actually played with Cole Hamels last year a little bit in the Cubs and he, he we were just you know talked to guys that I played with, uh, with with the he was with the Phillies that year when the Phillies were meant to they were supposed to win the whole thing it was the best team in baseball yeah. and I've talked to guys that were in the Rangers and guys that were here and they're just like dude I mean what in the world like how do you know where you guys were it was just crazy, and you know we had everything going against against us. We we had a lot of injuries. We had just not the best talent, but it was that it was that uh, you know what those guys were able to do with us to, to keeping uh, keeping everybody together and keeping a good good spirit in the clubhouse and, and kind of everybody pulling for each other. Jaime, as we close here, I didn't really ask what was next for you. You talked about wanting to write a book and going to seminary and certainly to be serving and giving back. So what's the Lord been impressing on your heart to pursue going forward as now this retirement thing is a real uh, a real thing in your life now and you're no longer a Major League Baseball player? What's the Lord been impressing on your heart recently to pursue going forward and maybe what are you learning from him? Yeah. So I think I think uh, uh, the fact that I that I struggle a lot with uh, with ADD, yeah. I struggle a lot with reading and writing in school and also growing up. And I think with the anxiety, one would trigger the other one more. So I've been I've been really really uh, passionate about that. Um, I think I've made uh, the one thing that I've been really good in my career is making my weaknesses my strength, mm. uh, my strength and and and. That's one of those things. So I, the thing that I hated the most, that I, I was I knew wasn't just smart enough. I, I couldn't read. I couldn't write. I couldn't do any of those things. That's part of my daily life right now. I, I read. I try to read a book every month or every three weeks. I try to write every journal every morning. Try to write my prayers. Uh, I've done. I've been on this Bible reading um, uh, program where we read through the Bible the last three years with the same group of guys that I was just talking about: Holiday, Wainwright. We got Don Christensen uh, leading the group. Yeah. It's been pretty impactful for my life, and I'm, it's been a huge blessing for my life, but also for them. Um, 
so I've been going a lot in those things and, and, and seeing, experiencing God's spirit in my life in a way that I had never experienced before. And I'm feeling my, really my calling, my purpose, the things that I'm passionate about. As far as what's coming ahead, I, I am going to college. I'm going to be going to uh, Dallas Baptist uh, University, starting those mini masters things and um, starting this March, actually. I'm already working on those things. Nice. Um, so I'm, I'm going to be starting those mini masters where you go take a class for like a week and then go back home and then just travel. Just wanna, I want to pursue that. I want to, I want that to be a part of my testimony. I want, you know, I want kids down the road to look at myself. Maybe kids that are struggling with, with anxiety, with ADD, with depression, with insecurities, with fears. They're from from Mexico or for any country, from the states, from any Latin America, South America, any country that they can they can look at myself. They can look at my testimony and, and see, hey, this is a guy that they grew up with everything going against him. They had a lot of data issues. They had a lot of issues with insecurities. They had issues with not being smart enough, not being good enough. I got injuries, had just everything going against them. I never really was never the most talented. I was never really nothing. And this is a guy that, that was committed, was disciplined, that worked so hard to to get to the big leagues, worked so hard to stay there, to battle through injuries, build so much sweat equity. Um, battled through, to you know, got into the whatever it takes mentality, came out of that fear zone and started doing things uh, uh, based on the on the love zone, out of the love zone and, and doing things for God, doing things for, for serving and, and stayed in the big leagues and battle and came back, accomplished all his dreams, played 10 years in the big leagues. And the first thing he did, he went and did the, the number one reason why he wanted to play baseball was not to go to college, not to go to school because was not my thing that's the very first thing that i did i went to college i got a degree developed myself i wrote a wrote a book when it was the total opposite yeah. and and just continue to get to, to get out of my comfort zone for the lord and for people and and have a heart to serve and love so that being said that that's what i want to do man that's what i want to i want to be an inspiration i want to be an impactful person and, and make a difference in for the kingdom, number one, but making people and a difference in, in people. And I feel like God's given me a platform that I can touch people in, in a lot of different places. I can talk, touch, you know, I can touch people in, in, that, are, that are in darkness, people that are in, in different uh, different cultures, different religions, different, you know, sports in, in all the aspects. So so that's that's my main, main thing. I just want to be an inspiration. I want to be a motivation. I want to be a blessing. And I will continue to develop myself, continue to... Uh, get more involved in the ministry work that I'm doing. A lot of amazing things that God is doing through through other people that I'm, I'm a partner with in, in Mexico and other countries. And I want to get involved with those things. You know, obviously God is giving me opportunity what I'm going to be able to do, what I'm passionate about. Uh, but I feel like God is just going to continue to open doors and continue to, to guide me and, and lead me through through places that he wants to. And if he wants me to do a little speaking here and there and do a little, maybe work for a team and and, and work with younger kids, maybe get involved in more things in my in my country. I know more more people had asked me to go speak and talk to kids. I have a passion for that, so I, I know that the doors so are open and, and got to be real be, revealing where, where I need to go. But that's kind of where the foundation is at. He is Jaime Garcia, now retired from Major League Baseball. Great career, ten years, 2011 World Series champion. Jaime, it's been great to talk to you. Thanks for sharing your journey. Uh, your testimony. I'm sure God's got great plans for you, my friend, and I appreciate you being here on the podcast. All the best to you.
Thank you very much, Jason. And we do thank Jaime Garcia, the former Major League Baseball pitcher, for being a guest here on the Sports Spectrum Podcast. And we certainly wish him nothing but the best going forward now that he's retired from Major League Baseball. And it's really interesting to think about all that he went through just to get on that mound every single day, every five days, whatever it was, to pitch in a Major League Baseball game and all the injuries that he went through. And now that he's retired and is able to kind of not have to go through that grind and focus his grind more on Christ and going to college and writing a book and all the great things that the Lord has in store for him. Just excited to see what happens with Jaime. And we do appreciate him being a guest here on the Sports Spectrum Podcast. We also want to thank our sponsors, Compassion International, $38 a month, food, education, medical care, vocational training. That's what happens when you sponsor a child through Compassion International, the most trusted child development ministry in the world, $38 a month. Go to Compassion.com slash Sports Spectrum. Compassion.com slash Sports Spectrum and sponsor a child today. Thanks for listening. As always, you can find us on our social media pages, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Sports underscore Spectrum. You can also follow us on our YouTube channel. Subscribe to us there. And of course, all of our content can be found at sportspectrum.com, where you can become a member of the Sports Spectrum family. It's $18 for an entire year. Gets you a subscription to our quarterly Sports Spectrum magazine. That magazine's been around for 30-plus years. Still a great piece of content and a piece of uh, just a tool that you can hand to people. And the stories that are in there are fantastic. It's a great magazine. Subscribe to it. I promise you, you will love it. Get it as a gift for somebody else. SportsSpectrum.com. That's the website to go to and subscribe today. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time on a brand new episode of the Sports Spectrum Podcast. Have a great rest of your day.